Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. I'm excited today. We're beginning a brand new series on mission. God's mission, my mission. God's mission, your mission, all of us joining together. But it originates in the heart of our loving God. Today we're going to look at God's mission to us, and I'm glad you joined us. Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, and welcome to the team. This is going to be a great series, isn't it? I just feel it's going to be a real blessing to study together. we got our team here in the studio. I also want to welcome some remotes who are joining us. Amy, good to see you. Glad you're with us uh, today for this important series. Leah, always good to see you on the team. And I think Rodney's joining us. Good to see you, Rodney. And we're glad that we can study together. Here are a few notes. I don't know if you appreciate the emails, but I do. Whenever I read them, it's like, God is impacting people all around the world. I get a little excited. <laughs> Sometimes I even use my favorite Hebrew word, hallelujah. Levin uh, writes from Germany and says, I am thrilled to have the ministry of Hope Sabbath School in my life. Hope Sabbath School's in-depth interactive study of the Word of God has greatly blessed me. We're glad we can have Hope Sabbath School on the air on Sundays, writing from Germany, it helps me immensely to study. Sometimes I apply the interactive methodology when teaching a class at my church. Amen. Great, right? That's multiplied by 10,000. May God bless you abundantly for the ministry of Jesus you're doing. May God bless all donors who are doing good for the message to reach the darkest part of the world. I love you all. Well, Levine, thank you for writing to us from Germany. James writes, he says, I'm a Zimbabwean studying in Poland. <laughs> Just think about that. <laughs> Polish is not an easy language. Here he's studying in Poland. Thank you so much for Hope Sabbath School, which is vividly clear. May the good Lord bless you all. I know you receive a lot of emails, James writes. However, if by any chance you come across mine, <laughs> here we are, James, Please share my favorite verse with the world. Mm -hmm. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Well, you're going to write that down and you'll look it up later, but James, we're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Here's a little handwritten note from California. And the donor says, We feel a part of your class as we watch Hope Sabbath School each week, it says for the past 20 years. Well, wow. we've actually only been around for 15, but uh, it's a long time. Thank you for spreading the good news of Jesus and his saving love and grace. Amen? Amen. And a gift of $5,000 to bless the ministry of Hope Sabbath School. I want to thank you. You know who you are because I just read your note. But I also want to thank each one of you as we come to this part, time of the year. You say, I want to be part of something bigger than just making a living. I want to make a difference. Friends, we're a donor-supported ministry. Thank you for what you can do. Go to hopetv.org slash hopess. That's our web address. Click on the little donate button, and we'll be very happy to partner together. One last note from Beresford in St. Vincent and Grenadines. That's in the Caribbean, right? Beresford writes, says, I am watching from St. Vincent and the Grenadines. I am blessed by the Hope Sabbath School studies. May God bless 
everyone. Amen. Amen. Well, Beresford, thanks for writing to us. Uh, we'd love to all come visit you in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, but we're glad that you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. And to each one of you, if you haven't written to us recently, you say, Derek, I've never written. We'd love to hear how God is blessing your life through a study of His Word. You can write to us at sshope at hopetv.org. And we share it with the whole team. Are you blessed when you get those emails? Yes. Because we're seeing God work in amazing ways. Well, right now, we would like to teach you a theme song. You say, ah, is it a new one? No, actually, this is one that we've had before that people really enjoy, and it relates to our theme, God's mission, my mission. It's taken from Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2. It says, I'll praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I'll tell of all your marvelous works. I will rejoice and be glad in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Let's learn it. If you know it, let's sing it together. You know, that's a 3,000-year-old scripture song. We don't know the original tune, but my wife Bodil put a little tune so we could hide it in our hearts because this series on God's mission is telling about all His marvelous works. So let's uh, sing the song together again, Hide God's Word in Our Hearts. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell about your marvelous works. I will be glad. Let's pray together. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that we can begin this brand new series on Hope Sabbath School, God's mission, my mission. It's, it's our mission together, joining you, joining the heart of God in mission. And I pray as we study Hope Sabbath School family around the world, that your Holy Spirit would bless as we read Scripture, as we share, as we interact together, that we may hear a life-changing word from you. And we will praise you forever. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, we're going to look at a really important series on mission, but it starts with the heart of God, God's mission to us. And I'd like to start in the book of Genesis. Addison, could you start our study today? Genesis, for those who've never picked up a Bible, Genesis is the first book of the Bible, the first book of the Hebrew Scriptures. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. It's a story of beginnings. And let's see what we learn. What does this tell us about the heart of God? 
And I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So what would you say was God's original ideal for the human family? Brittany? To be in relationship with Him, mm -hmm. to have that communion with Him, and um, to reflect His character. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I was agreeing with the first part, certainly, but then actually to reflect His mm -hmm. character. Mm -hmm. And what is His character? Love. It's love. love. To reflect the immeasurable, unfailing love of God. That was God's original plan. And to do that where? On earth. On earth. On earth. The whole earth, right? Mm -hmm. Be fruitful. And, and multiply. And multiply and fill the whole earth. Jonathan? Yeah, and it seemed like it even um, carried over to expressing that in how we uh, cared for the creation. I mean, mm -hmm. like that, that, that same character of love and reflection of His love. And one of the ways, don't miss this, that He gave us to reflect His character was He gave us the privilege of... Childbearing. That's right, of, of not saying, well, I just created the planet, take care of it. But actually, you can be part of the creative process. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting today that the enemy is just trying to create chaos mm -hmm. in that which was created in the image of mm -hmm. God? Mm -hmm. So here's God's ideal plan that we are not studying extensively about you saying, Derek, what went wrong? Because I don't see many people reflecting the beautiful, loving character of God. What went wrong? Well, Genesis chapter 3, Nancy tells us that story in Genesis 3, verses 1 through 5. And uh, what's most important to us is to discover, does the heart of God change when things go wrong, mm. or is His plan still the same? Mm. Let's see how the Scripture reads. I'm reading from the New King James Version, and I'm reading Genesis 3, verses 1 through 5. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So someone might hear that and say, that, that's like myth. I mean, talking snakes, really? But actually, the scripture identifies that serpent, mm -hmm. Kailanda, in Revelation 12, I think verse 9, right? Mm -hmm. It talks about a war in heaven. And, and what does it tell us? I'm so thankful for the Bible, aren't you? Amen. Because the Word of God explains itself if we study it carefully. Revelation 12, verse 9. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Revelation 12, 9 states, 
So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, who is cast to the earth. So this fallen angel, once called Lucifer, now called the devil, Satan, that old serpent, you say, oh, that's pointing back to the fact that he utilizes a snake, which may have been a very beautiful creature, and, and utilizes that snake talking snake really no there's an enemy behind mm. right mm. but let's see how god responds harold yes because i want us to see the heart of god this is about god's mission for us let's look at verses six through nine of that same genesis chapter three and i'll be reading from the english standard version and it says so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloth. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden but the Lord God called to the man and said to him where are you and he said I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself so the devil's a liar. Mm -hmm. He says, you're going to be like God. And actually, they just feel naked and separated from God. He lied. He deceived them. How does God respond? They, I mean, we use colloquial language. They really messed up, mm -hmm. right? Uh, how, uh, Leah, I see some hands from our remotes. Leah and Rodney, I see your hands. How does, what is, how does God respond Leah, and what does that tell us about the heart of God? God comes into this situation and he had every right to say, I know where you are and I know exactly what you did and I'm going to punish you for that. But instead, he comes into the situation and he says, where are you? As an invitation for us to come to him and say, this is what I did and I need your help to fix it and I need your forgiveness. So, so there's something about God taking the initiative, right? But, but not only taking the initiative, but, but taking the initiative in love. Samuel, and then I'll come to Rodney. And we're studying about God's mission, and God's mission began here. There he went in search of man, and that is what God is still doing. <laughs> you know, he's in search of man. And mm. I like the fact that, you know, whenever something goes wrong, it is always the offended party who just stays back and say, well, they heard me, let them come to me. But that doesn't happen with God. He goes in search mm. of offenders. Mm. And that's the beauty here. I like what mm. you said, Jonathan. I see your hand too after Rodney. But I like what you said that, that, that he takes the initiative there, mm. right? That tells us about the heart of God. Rodney? Derek, there's a flow here that we're seeing. We, we're seeing that God um, created the, the, the earth in seven days and we see him... Um, blessing the Sabbath and we see him you know on the sixth day creating man again here it is 
this this really demonstrates the heart of God. Here it is that man went awry from uh, the the path that he set, and he's still the one. You see the flow. He's still the one reaching out to man, even when they went astray. And so it is, as Samuel said. So it is with us today. Uh, you know, even when we go off the track, God is still there trying to woo us back to Him. That is the relationship that He wants to have with us, which is really, really intimate, and we praise God for that. Mm. You know, I used to think that that it was Plan B after mm. there was this terrible failure, but I think it's still Plan A, which is a revelation of the immeasurable, unfailing love of God. Mm -hmm. Our situation changed, right? Mm -hmm. Naked, curse, land. Violence comes soon in the human family, but God's plan doesn't change. Yes, Jonathan. Yeah, there's something I just love about the whole nature of the character of God is revealed in Scripture. I mean, He could come and like say He He demands um, our worship, or you know, we we have to you know repent and these things, but instead He comes and reveals this this loving heavenly Father who just makes you want to to praise Him to to respond and then he comes when we make a mistake and he, and he and appeals to our hearts our our conscience so that so that it's us out of our own spirit out of our own drawing saying oh lord i've messed up rather than oh, oh oops i better run i better hide uh, i better I better for, ask for forgiveness no it's he draws us out i mean the ultimate vindictive god that people have this distorted view of is fire comes down without god even saying where are you right mm -hmm. The wages of sin is, yeah. right, but, but God comes, we see his heart of mission. I got to move on and ask you just to do a quick scan of scripture. Can you think of any other stories where you see God taking the initiative to reach out? Mm -hmm. Maybe a story Jesus told, John, uh, Harold. Well, I'm thinking just like right after, like Cain. I mean, Cain killed Abel mm. and God reached out to him. And where's your, he asked, where's your brother? Again, the invitation like, to give his side of the story. So could a murderer even be forgiven? Of course. And repent and be saved? Mm -hmm. uh, Amy, I see your hand. I think one of my favorite stories is the story in the New Testament of Saul on his way to Damascus. Mm -hmm. um, and here Saul was a persecutor of the Christians. He was killing God's people. You know, he was killing the followers of Jesus, and yet Jesus met him on the road. Jesus went to him. He didn't wait for Saul to have a conversion experience or to repent himself, but went to Saul and met him in the road. I think that's just amazing. Mm -hmm. So our sin doesn't scare God. Mm. It doesn't push God away. It, it draws God to us in a way, I think. Mm. For those who don't know the story, it, Jesus had given his life for us as our Savior, died, rose again, ascended to heaven, and it's not Jesus walking on the road to Damascus like on the Emmaus road in Luke 24, mm -hmm. but, but he appears to him in a vision, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Knocks him off his whatever he was riding mm -hmm. and, and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuted? He's taking the initiative. Mm -hmm. Kalinda? I like the story that's recorded in John 4 when Jesus goes and he meets this woman of Samaria. Mm -hmm and he asks her for a drink of water. And then it's a, just a series of questions where he asks her, well, can you 
bring your husband here. They have a discussion about faith, you know, what are different ways to practice worship? And in the end, she realizes that Jesus is this Messiah that's promised. <laughs> and she goes and she tells everyone. And it starts out with a simple conversation. And I love what it says, Kailinda, in, in the beginning of chapter 4, because no Jew wanted to go through Samaria. Right. They hated it. But it says Jesus needed to go. Needed, mm -hmm. yes. He needed to uh, because he's going to meet some. We have to move on. You're all excited here. We've got a great interactive study going. The amazing thing is that God not only reaches out to us, but he actually longs to be with us. Mm. Let's, let's look at a few evidences of that. And let's start in Genesis 17. Sam, if you could read Genesis 17 and verse 7. And uh, we're going to look actually at three passages in uh, the book of Genesis and see what they have in common. I'm reading Genesis 17:7 from the English Standard Version. And it says, And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. All right. That sounds fairly personal, but let's, let's look on and see how it continues in this story of the patriarchs in chapter 26 of Genesis. Rodney, if you could read that for us, Genesis 26 and verse 3. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. All right, one last verse in this passage in Genesis, Lilika, chapter 28 and verse 15. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Genesis 28, verse 15. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. How's that sound? I, I, will be, I will be with you. I will be with you. Now let's look at a couple of other characters in the patriarch. Let's go to Joseph. Uh, Joseph had some challenges, didn't he? Sold into slavery by his brothers, falsely accused of, of raping his master's wife, uh, forgotten in prison. But let's see how we see evidence of God longing to be with him. Brittany, would you read for us from Genesis 39 and verse 2? I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Genesis 39 verse 2 says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. So the context here, the Lord was with him while he was slave. a slave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's keep reading, Harold, in verse 21 and 23. Maybe you could read both of those verses for us from Genesis 39. Okay. And I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. And it says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Mm -hmm. And then verse uh, 23, the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. 
So what do you learn from those stories? It's like, well, I'd like to say the Lord was with him when he was enjoying the company of his father mm -hmm. and brothers, but Jonathan, uh, like, I don't feel like the Lord's really <laughs> favoring me here. That's what struck me as well, is it that it says specifically the Lord showed him steadfast love, but here he's in a prison. And so evidently God can demonstrate his love in situations that maybe others would look on and go, how is that love? But we go, oh, wow, God is, God is faithful. Mm, I like the fact that, that you're saying that God comes and longs to be with us even in our adversity, mm -hmm. right? Okay, that just brought another story. Can you think of a great story in the book of Daniel where God was with them in the midst of their adversity, Addison? There's two great stories. Actually, there's more probably. Well, there's more. <laughs> Tell me two. But, but two that I can highlight in the book of Daniel. The first one uh, is, is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are uh, those three Hebrew men who were given Babylonian names in the face of immense adversity. They, they stood up on the plain of Dura. They did not bow down to the golden. And for those who don't know, help me someone, when they're thrown into the fire, Rodney, you know the story, when they're thrown into the fire, God who longs to be with them, what? He shows up. In <laughs> fact, the king, the king probably took off his, his glasses and, and looked in and he <laughs> saw four instead of three. And what I like about that story, Derek, is it, it, if you, when you read the scriptures, it's almost like they were having a conversation. The, the four of them were, were intimately um, conversing, it seems. And so it is God wants to be with us. Mm -hmm. And I want to go back to Joseph just one second, uh, because God doesn't only show up in our adversities. In the story, when it goes on, even when he became the prime minister, mm -hmm. God was still with him. So whatever, yes. wherever we are in our experience, whether we're on the mountaintop, whether we're in the valley, God is with us. Mm. All right. We could say God showed up at other places like sending an angel to a lion's den, uh, but we're going to take a couple more comments and then we need to move on. Samuel. What I like about the story in Daniel 3 where, you know, uh, God was with them in the fiery furnace is that they were closer to God in the fiery furnace than <laughs> in any other point of their lives. That may That's, be true. Uh, they they, they certainly were more aware, right, yes. having a conversation. Harold? But going back to the missions, the fact that these were favored by God is to reach out to the unbelievers that they were surrounded by mm -hmm. because they were great witnesses in those moments of adversity. That's one thing that we, we also mm -hmm. can't overlook. Sure. Uh, Amy, I'd like you to read from Exodus 3, if you would, Exodus 3, verse 12, because... Um, there, are, there are other great patriarchs besides Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, where the Lord says, I'm not only reaching out, but I actually long to be with you. Exodus 3 and verse 12. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Exodus 3, verse 12. So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Now, one of the things, thank you, Amy, one of the things God recognizing our frailty, I mean, God says, I'm with you, but then he shows up in the fiery furnace. Whoa, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, God is here, right? What did God do for the children of Israel to remind them that he longed to be with them? Brittany, and then maybe you could read the text in Exodus 25. 
Sure. I think there's two things that came to mind. One is definitely the sanctuary that we're going to read about, um, where he wants to dwell with his people. But the other physical thing that he did to show them he was with them was there was the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, which was his presence that they could visibly see everywhere that they went. So I uh, just came back from Egypt not long ago, and it was 107 degrees mm -hmm. at Abu Simbel. And uh, I say a cloud in the desert would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> but also it can get cold at night in the desert. And a pillar of fire, I used to think it was just like a little signpost over their heads, you know. But God's presence. But you talked about the sanctuary. Read that for us, if you would, in Exodus 25 and verse 8. I'll be re reading from the English Standard Version. Exodus 25, verse 8 says, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell in their midst. And then reading on, Kailinda, if you would, in chapter 29, uh, verses 43 and 45. So this sanctuary, where was it, by the way, in terms of the camp? Right in the center of the camp, right? It was very, or it wasn't like a random chaotic they were organized according to their tribes, and, mm -hmm. and right in the center is the sanctuary and the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. But let's read on in chapter 29 of Exodus 43 and 45. And this is from the New King James Version, verse 43. And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. Mm. And in verse 45 it continues. I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. I like that the idea of the glory. How was the glory of God? Anybody remember? Uh, how was the glory of God revealed in the sanctuary? Rodney? Yes, in the, the innermost part of the sanctuary, the most holy, there was um, an ark uh, with two angels. Um, we often call them the covering angels. And smack in the middle there is a Shekinah glory of God. Mm. So the glory of God filled the temple, but as Rodney pointed out, it was in the most holy place over the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. Yes, I was Britain. just going to add to that, that it was over the mercy seat. So mm. we see God's mercy in that mission of always coming after us um, while the law was inside the box. Man has broken God's law. Mm. Um, God is dwelling above that mercy seat, showing us he's still coming after us even though we've sinned. Now, someone might say, well, that was long ago. I mean, that's thousands of years ago that the children of Israel were given the sanctuary, and we know Christ fulfilled all of that pattern, right? So how do we know that he wants to actually be with us today? Well, Jesus had something interesting to say, and Harold, I'd like to ask you if you'd read it for us in John 14. When I read this, it was kind of shocking to me. Um, in a wonderful way, startling maybe would be a, a good way to describe it, because to say, well, God loves you, I'm like, wonderful, he's reaching out to you, I'm like, praise God, but uh, Harold, what did Jesus say recorded in John 14 and verse 23? And I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, and it says, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Hmm. Hmm. What are your thoughts about that? And, and maybe you can tell me how God does that. Uh, how does God make his home with us? 
What are your thoughts about that, Addison? Mm. Well, he said, you know, keep my word. If a man will, well, says here, if a man love me and he'll keep my word, I will come unto him. I'll make our abode with him. It makes me think of Revelation, Revelation 3, where he uh -huh. says, I want to come and, and dine with you to sup with you. So spending time with God in his word. Jesus said, the scriptures, they are they which testify okay. of me. That's, that's, a, that's a link. Spending to, time with him in his word. Anybody else? Uh, yes, Nancy. I want to tell about something that happened on Friday. Um, we were on a trip in a different state and we wanted to sightsee and there were all these roadblocks and we couldn't go on the regular trip and eventually we ended up in a place where we were able to see this beautiful river um, that we had wanted to see but when we got there a young lady came up to me and my son and and she was covered in mud and and had all this plastic things that were wrapped in plastic with her and I thought what in the world and she asked me if I could text someone to come and pick her up so it turns out that she had gone rafting with a friend and as they they split up afterward to walk to the car and the friend had gone to the car and left her there and her phone had died and her purse was in her friend's car and she'd been there for hours and she was cold and hungry and thirsty and she had no one to help her and so she cried out God what am I supposed to do and she said then we showed up mm -hmm. and um, she she was in a place in her life where she had hit rock bottom and she had no other way out and then she asked us do you believe in God mm -hmm. <laughs> I said yes and um, I gave her water and, and I gave her my my sweatshirt because she was she had goosebumps she was cold and um, and then I was worried about her and um, she she said God's light protects me. Um, we were able to help her, but as we read all these stories, they're beautiful, but God is with us today, mm. and he shows up for us today. Mm. You know, that's an important point, and, and, and thank you for sharing that, because one of the ways God comes to be with us is through his other children who mm. love him mm. and will reveal his immeasurable, mm. unfailing love, yeah. right? Mm. But, but back to the text, if I can, the primary way that the father and son come to make their home with us, Lilika? Um, I would say in other ways, in the dwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. We will come. I will not leave you comfortless, mm -hmm. Jesus says. Mm -hmm. I will come to you. How? He says, I will pray the Father, and he will send you Comfort. another comforter. Mm -hmm. He will be with you and in you. Yes. Mm. So this awareness. Now, when the Holy Spirit is in you, and Nancy, thanks for sharing that amazing story. When the Holy Spirit is in us, God's love is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, then we can also be a revelation, right, mm -hmm. of the immeasurable, unfailing love of God. Um, but let me ask you a question, maybe one of our remotes. I'll watch for a raised hand here. What do you think how do you respond to the thought that 
that the Creator God wants to be with you, wants to dwell mm -hmm. with you. Anybody, what, do you, what are your thoughts about that, Leah? I heard a preacher once say, the maker of all things loves and wants me, and there is nothing more impactful to the human life than that moment where you realize that the creator of everything loves you as an individual. And the only natural response that can come from a receptive heart is to share that. Your life, all of our lives as Christian individuals is to be a mirror of the love of God. Mm -hmm. If he is pouring into your life, you have no choice. Um, it says in the New Testament, he that doesn't know God doesn't know love because God is love. Mm -hmm. Your mission field, whether you are standing right where you are, whether you're getting your groceries, whether you're on the other side of the world, wherever you're standing is your mission field and it is your purpose and it is God's purpose for your life that you share the love that he's given to you. Well, that uh, sounds life-changing, right? Mm -hmm. Life-changing to realize that, that God is not like the deist would say, made something and then left and doesn't care at all about what's happening here. God reaches out and God longs to be with us. Samuel? No, there's a scientist, Blaise Pascal, who said this quote. He said, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, mm -hmm. but only by God the Creator made known through Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a God-shaped vacuum, and, you know, we as humans, we try to fill that with relationships, drugs, you know, social media, whatever it is, but none of that fills that uh, vacuum. Only God can fill that. And so when we allow God to come and live inside us through the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. you know, we are satisfied. Mm -hmm. I like it when Samuel said that, that he smiled. That's really good news, isn't it? Mm -hmm. and, and, and while we can't create that peace, we can choose to accept that peace, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We can say, God, come make your home with me. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lalika. Your question is, uh, I, I think about it, it doesn't fit in my mind, the creator of the universe, the king of glory, David said, come, wants to dwell with me, he's the one pursuing me. Um, either mm. I believe it or I do not, mm. but anytime, especially reading the book of Psalms, thinking about the idea of the king of glory wanting to be with me, uh, it makes me really he amazes me, makes mm. me draw closer to him even more in awe because it just doesn't fit my mind. Mm. So we've got to move on. Thank you for sharing that. It is, it's amazing. Mm. Maybe that's why it's called amazing grace, mm. right? That the God, creator God wants to be with us. We're going to read a mystery in the book of John chapter 1 because the creator God is also our redeemer. He takes the initiative to bring us back. And I'm going to ask Brittany, would you read for us a well-known verse, verse 1 to 3 and verse 14, uh, which speaks about God's mission. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 to begin. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then verse 14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
So what parallel do you see between what we read in John's Gospel and what we read in Genesis 3? What's the mm. parallel between what we read in Genesis 3, sin, how God responds, and what we just read in the Gospel of John? Anyone? Brittany? Same character. <laughs> God wants to be with us. Mm -hmm. He's com coming after them in the garden now. He's coming after us by becoming one of us and living on this planet with us. And we call that mystery the mm -hmm. incarnation, mm -hmm. right? The Word, Creator God, becomes flesh mm -hmm. and dwells in our midst. Just a phenomenal thought. Mm -hmm. The angel spoke about some names that the Son of God who comes into humanity would be called. And I'm going to ask Rodney if you'd read those for us in Matthew chapter 1. You know, the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, right? And it's profitable. Mm -hmm. It's profitable for various reasons, but for doctrine or teaching, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. What, what do we learn in Matthew chapter 1, Rodney, about the fact that God who takes the initiative, who longs to be with us, is also the one that takes the initiative in the plan of salvation. Yes, and I'm reading from Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25 from the New King James Version. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with, a ch with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a, a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the, word, by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being arose from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. So some names. There are many names that, that Messiah is called, right? Mm -hmm. But these two names, what are they? Jesus, Jesus Emmanuel. and Emmanuel. Uh, Jesus means? Literally from the Hebrew, it means the Lord saves, right? Mm -hmm. But call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. We're going to talk about how he does that in just a minute. And what does Emmanuel mean? God, God with us. us. God with us. You say the plan hasn't changed, mm -hmm. right? The immeasurable, unfailing love of God is being revealed. Can you think of some times during the ministry of Jesus where he clearly articulates his mission, where he says, this is why I came. 
maybe in some statements that he made or, or maybe some miracles that he performed? What comes to your mind where you say, ah, there's God's mission you know, working out, running? There was a point in Jesus's ministry when he called a gentleman by the name of Levi, who was a publican. And Levi actually uh, put together a great feast and invited his fellow publicans, Jesus and his disciples. And Jesus made, in fact, um, the scribes looking on, scribes and Pharisees looking on, made a statement about how is it that Jesus and his disciples could be eating with sinners. And Jesus made a statement in Luke 5 and verse 32. Luke 5 and verse 32, yes. And it's uh, reading from the New King James Version, Luke 5 and verse 32. And it reads, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Yeah, you use the word publican. Where I grew up, I grew up in the UK, a publican, you know, that's kind of like someone who runs a pub, you know, but actually the word publican was a tax collector, right? Like Levi, Matthew, or Zacchaeus, right? Uh, sinners, outcasts, and uh, he comes to save them. All right. Uh, any other examples that come to your mind besides that statement? Yes. Yeah, I can think of the place where at the end of Christ's ministry, he's talking to his disciples and he says, I have completed the work that you gave me to do. Mm. And he says, I have revealed your name. Mm. And so, I mean, we have all these examples of this man who comes and loves sinners, who, you know, heals people, who, who walks yes. the, the, yeah, ca and, but, but enters our lives in intimate ways mm. and says that mm. is who God is. Mm. And, uh, Very important point. Some people think the, the mission of Jesus is, is just to save us from death. Is that important? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very much so, yes. right? But it's also to reveal the immeasurable, unfailing love of God. I've finished the work that you've given to me. Amy? I like Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Um, and this is where Jesus is talking to Zacchaeus. Mm -hmm. And he says, and this is New King James Version, Luke 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. And to me, that echoes back to Genesis mm. with God in the garden Hiding. looking for Adam and Eve who were lost. lost. Mm. You know, and here Jesus is saying, I've come to do the same thing. I'm coming to seek and I'm coming to save. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask an obvious question for the group and maybe for you where you're watching, wherever you are around the world. How many of us are lost without God's mission? Everyone. Everyone. We all are, right? Everyone. We're all lost. So how many has Jesus come to save? Everyone. Everyone. So here we see the breadth of God's mission mm -hmm. to save every single person on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tragically, not everybody will accept that grace, right? Mm -hmm. Is it possible to be lost? Mm -hmm. Is it possible to reject the grace of God? Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. yes. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but then that whoever believes, believes in him, whoever says, Jesus, I accept what you want to do for me, should not perish, but 
everlasting. have everlasting life. Now, that whole plan, we're talking about God's mission, started in the garden, right? Mm -hmm. No, it started before, I guess mm -hmm. the garden, before sin, mm -hmm. the mission mm -hmm. to reveal His immeasurable, unfailing love. Here we find ourselves now with Him wanting to come into humanity, mm -hmm. a rescue plan. So a question, what risks did He take? Son of God, eternally one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. What risks did He take coming into humanity on, on, on God's mission? Jonathan? Yeah, I, I think the, we don't give enough credence to the real risk. I mean, if, if Christ came as a man, I mean, and all of those, those um, temptations were real, <clears throat> then Christ could have fallen. I mean, if, if, if it's a real temptation, if it's a real issue, then what would have happened to the universe if the Son of God comes down and chooses selfishness? Mm. What would that have done to the whole universe and the, the whole foundation of, 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 of God's government? I mean, it's just, it, it, I, I think that is a very real risk that God lays down his government at the feet of this very real existence and, 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 and living out of his character through his son. If uh, it was, I've heard people say, well, the temptations weren't really anything because uh, Jesus was God and God can't sin. But Jesus came into humanity, mm -hmm. right? And Satan knew that. And mm -hmm. so he hits Jesus with, with the full force of his mm -hmm. kingdom of darkness. Mm -hmm. And you're saying there was a risk there. Mm. What other risk did he take? I mean, there's some very real risks, uh, and some of them were realized, like what? Dying. That he would die? Mm -hmm. well, not, not even fulfill the plan of salvation, like not to die for humanity. Satan was trying to convince him also not to give his life as well. So Jesus also had a choice, yep. mm -hmm. right? What about the risk that the people he came to save would reject him mm -hmm. and mock him mm -hmm. and ridicule him. Was that a risk? Yes. Yeah. It was a realized risk, wasn't it? Yeah. Brittany? I think another risk that we see in the Garden of Gethsemane is Jesus is saying, Father, take this cup from me because he was carrying the weight of all the sin of the world and he couldn't see beyond the grave. He thought maybe he would be eternally separated from his father. Mm -hmm. So that's a risk that he took to be eternally separated from his father and never rise again. Mm -hmm. But thank the Lord, he did rise again. Mm -hmm. But that was a risk he was willing to take. Mm -hmm. Addison. I think going back to John chapter one, I think about the words when it says, he came unto his own, but his own received him not. Mm. But it, it doesn't end there. But as to as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, mm. even to them that believe on his name. I, that's just such a hopeful mm -hmm. statement. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, we've got to move on. We've got, we've got to also focus on the fact that he not only came and at great risk worked out the plan of salvation, but that he promises to remain with us and to come back for us. Mm -hmm. God's mission is not ended at the cross. Mm -hmm. It's complete, but it's not ended. Is that right? Mm -hmm. He did everything necessary for our salvation, but it's not ended. So let's look at a couple of verses that speak about His promise both to be with us and to come back 
for us. And Amy, would you read for us a text that is very um, precious to Christians, Mm. a promise in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20? Yes, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. And John 14, verses 15 through 18, Lalika alluded to this earlier when we talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And Kailinda, would you read that for us in chapter 14 of John's Gospel, verses 15 through 18? Because verses 15 through 17 talk about the Holy Spirit, but verse 18 is important as well. And this is from the New King James Version. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. Mm. I will come to you. Yes. Mm. That sounds like the garden again, right? Mm. I will not leave you naked, hiding, Hmm. I will come to you. One last text, Samuel, in John 14, because he he not only promises to be with us, but he also promises to come back for us. That's where the mission is really fulfilled. Mm -hmm. John 14, 1 through 3, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so... Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and, t- and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Now, some uh, theologians say, well, that, he didn't really mean that. He's mm-hmm. not literally coming back. Mm-hmm. But throughout the New Testament, it speaks constantly about the glorious return. Jesus says many times, you know, I'll come like lightning from the east to the west, Mm. the coming of the Son of Man. The angels say this same Jesus is coming back. Mm. The Apostle Paul is given a revelation that Christ will come. There'll be a sound of a trumpet. The dead in Christ will rise. Mm. It's throughout the whole scripture Mm -hmm. uh, that Jesus is coming back again. So here's my closing question for you. Who do you know who needs to know about God's mission? Mm. Who comes to your mind? You say, Someone I know needs to know that God loves her, that God loves him, and that God has a mission to reach out, to be with them, to save them, to be with them always, and to come back for them. Addison. I think of my my dear brother in England, my dear brother-in-law. He came from a very, um, he came from a, a, a dysfunctional situation, dysfunctional background, and uh, he lost his father at a very young age, and he became um, bitter. He thought, how can I believe in a God who took away my father? Mm. Mm. And 
going through this study to, together with the team, it's just, this is, this is the revelation that he needs, a revelation of the character of God, the immeasurable and the unfailing love of Jesus. Mm. Amen. And uh, pray for me because I, I would love to, to be a little piece of that puzzle and, and reflecting his, that love to him. Beautiful. Mm. Thank you for sharing. Someone else, who comes to your mind? You say, Derek, it's a whole village or it's a whole country. Mm. But uh, Jonathan, someone comes to your mind? Yeah, just uh, there's, a, there's a people around the world that believe God and believe um, in, in many um, good things, but they lack this knowledge of, I'm thinking of the Muslim faith. I mean, they're, they're beautiful people but they don't have in the, the Quran the, the same picture of, of God who loves them and who pursues them. And I think that's an important missing piece. And there are many parts of the world where they believe in a multitude of gods and they're just trying to placate them. Mm. Christianity is really the only religion that presents God as one who loves with an immeasurable and unfailing love. Mm -hmm. And he has a mission. He has a mission for you. He wants to save you. You say, Derek, I've already accepted his salvation. Praise God. Then he wants you to join him in his mission. That's what this series is all about. God's mission and your mission to share with the world. The plan that's never changed, a revelation of the immeasurable, unfailing love of God. If you've never accepted that love, will you do it today? Will you say, Jesus, save me today? If you have accepted, will you join us in sharing that mission with the world? Let's pray. Father in heaven, who are we to share such marvelous truth? And yet you've asked us to be your witnesses because the mission come from your heart. You love the world so much. I pray for each one of us that we might not only accept your love, but share your love with those who need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. We're just starting this series, God's Mission, My Mission, being part of a great miracle, sharing the truth about God and His love with the world. Take what you've learned today. Go out and be a blessing to those around you.